You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our look at uh, the Australian film industry and films made by Australians. And today I thought I would uh, play an interview I did with Gabrielle Shipton, who is Julian Assange's brother. I have played this before, but uh, not on this program, but it is an Australian film, a very interesting documentary, but of course it's about a, it's, uh, it's doing something far more important than just, uh, you know, being a feature or a documentary to tell people about something. This is a living document of something, uh, of a person who has been held in the clutches of the Imperium, in fact. Uh, right at this moment, a man who has actually actively thrown his body in the in front of the uh, roaring train of uh, despotism. In fact, so um, I'll I'll let uh, Gabrielle talk about it. The film is called uh, Ithaca, and uh, it's uh, coming to the screens. Uh, over the next few weeks, uh, in fact, it could have just about start. It should should have been. It's just about to start. In fact, on the uh, at the theatres, so you should probably look up Nova and any other other good good uh, cinema in town. Yes. So uh, back in 2019, uh, I went to uh, in in April of 2019. Julian was taken from the Ecuadorian embassy, and he was taken to the uh, to Belmarsh Maximum Security Prison. Uh, just outside of London. Uh, I went to see him at the prison, uh, I think it was August or maybe a little bit earlier that year, and he was on um, he was on suicide watch. He was being kept uh, in the health wing in the prison, which is not like, uh, it's not like they bring you um, cups of tea and biscuits in a hospital bed. It is the health wing. The prisoners call it the hell wing um, because it has the most... Uh, you know, it's where they, there's insane people there, uh, people who are terminally ill. Um, there was, you know, one man who had no arms and legs, things like that. It's very, very, um, it's very grim. And Julian was in the health wing uh, in his cell 23 hours a day, which, you know, essentially a solitary confinement there. And I went to see him. Uh, at the prison, and, and I was there with my father and John Pilger. And we left that day, um, and and that day I left, I, I felt 
that it, that would, might be the last time that I ever see him again. Uh, I'd never sort of seen him like that over the years. Uh, you know, when I'd been visiting him, like either under house arrest or in the Ecuadorian embassy, um, I'd never seen him like that. So it was at that point that, uh, you know, I figured that, you know, we had to sort of try and try and get a different side of the story out, you know, and, and you know, I'm a I'm a film producer. I usually produce drama. You know, I've never produced a documentary before, but I've produced drama uh, drama features. And so we sort of started to think about how how we can how we can tell a side of the story. And it was at that time that John was uh, my father, John and Julian's dad was traveling around Europe advocating for Julian. Um, you know, coalescing these groups of politicians, doing media all over Europe. Uh, that we sort of thought that he would be the best way in uh, to the story. And then, so, you know, shortly after that, we, we got a cameraman to follow to follow John. And, and yeah, we followed John for the next six months, um, uh, you know, in his travels around Europe. And then, uh, then Ben Lawrence, the film's director, came on board and we sort of launched into the extradition hearing uh, and that was in August in 2020. The um, it's, it's fascinating because as you say uh, this is a film that doesn't have the star in it. <laughs> That's right it's sort of uh, Julian's absence is his presence in a way um, and we sort of learn about Julian through his the people who love him, you know, and, and the people who are closest to him, and uh, you know, I think it's very sort of, you know, Julian's been taken away from everyone. He's been silenced, right? So, so uh, the people who have become his voice are, are John and Stella, our two, our two, you know, main participants. Um, so they're, you know, they're the ones who are closest to Julian. They're the ones who are advocating for him. Um, so yeah, the whole, he's sort of been, Julian's been taken from the world and silenced. And so uh, we use, we use, yeah, we, we learn about him through the people who love him um, and how they experience uh, Julian's persecution. I mean, it's all very well for us to talk about this as a film because it works as a film incredibly well. Uh, but part of it, but it's because it's such a living subject and um, it's so uh, distressing. I mean, it's distressing to me and I'm not you and I'm not him, you know. So um, it's interesting to me that uh, people are it, it describes all the elements that are to do with the world that uh, Julian Assange is actually exposed. So there, there's a private world. So in this film, it, we are stepping into people's privacy um, as well as uh, the issue of him as a citizen of the world being able to actually describe the outrageous nature of the illegality, I would say, of the court case against him. Yes, and, and it's, and it, and, you know, what we tried, what we sort of set out to do was, you know, strike a balance between, you know, what are the characters in this film, uh, John and Stella, their personal journey, um, 
you know, the how we connect with them as an audience, uh, but also the bigger the bigger story around uh, Julian's persecution, um, you know, and, and the sort of corruption and, yeah, as you say, illegality and, um, you know, this sort of torturous, uh, torturous machine that has sort of been set up before our very eyes. So it, uh, it's always a balance that I think, you know, as Julian's family members, we try and, when advocating for him, we try and, you know, Always, there's always this, the personal connection is what gives us uh, this power to speak to people, you know. But but we also have to balance that with uh, telling a different side of the story uh, that that you wouldn't usually um, hear about because so much of so much about uh, uh, so much of the um, the battle is sort of shifting this shifting um, Stella Stella in the film. Um, calls it shifting the criminality you know julian julian is not a criminal he exposed the criminals <laughs> uh and and so we have to sort of shift the criminality away from julian that's being put there by the state and 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 sort of try and shift it on to those who are actually responsible uh for the corruption or, or war crimes um and you know malfeasance that that julian exposed it's actually really fascinating the power of uh, the personal uh, connection and people who love him standing up for him. This is really, I mean, I know this is a funny little aside, but I remember thinking with my little girl, when she, my girl was a little girl, how powerful it was and how important it was to have a parent to advocate for your child at school. It never really understood it quite so powerfully as I did in that case. And it's exactly the same as this. Actually having someone say, I'm prepared to stand here and say, this is a good person. Yeah, that's right. And I, and I think, I think, you know, it's, it's everyone can sort of understand it, right? Like that it's this sort of uh, powerful emotion that, that we all have to protect our children. Uh, you know, anybody who has a child, even those people who don't can understand it, but, um, to actually feel that, I think you know, as a, as a parent myself, we 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 have all uh, felt that and can understand that um, can understand that emotion. So it's it really is something that uh, this sort of broad uh, broad way of connecting with a broader you know a hope is that we we're able to connect with a broader audience um, through this father fighting for his son. You know, through this sort of basic emotion that that we all have to to protect our children when they're in trouble. Um, of course, uh, it's slightly moved on uh, the issue uh, for Julian personally. We heard that uh, he and Stella married and also that this terrible situation of uh, not being allowed to um, uh, appeal the decision. It's all gone to about extradition. It's all gone to the uh, uh, the legal honcho, a uh, head honcho in England to decide. Even though it's been exposed as an entirely political process, that's what's happened now. Yeah, that's right. It's gone. It's at um, uh, it's at the Home Secretary now to sign off on the extradition. And then it will go to the magistrate's court and Julian will have another chance to appeal. But, uh, you know, the sort of legal battle is, uh, you know, it can it can go on forever. 
uh, really, and, and the whole time Julian remains in prison. I think you know this you know, on April 11th it will be the third his third year in 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 Belmarsh Maximum Security Prison, and he's not serving a sentence. He's a remand prisoner. Um, you know, it's really it becomes so stark when you're visiting him and the other prisoners there. They all have a date. You know that they know that you know they're getting out or or they they can plan for. But Julian Julian doesn't. Uh, you know, and this thing this sort of these court cases could go on for for you know if it goes to the USA. I mean, to get to the Supreme Court can take up to ten, twelve years. So if you add that on top of of the prison time he's already served, you're looking at you know basically you know fifteen, twenty years of, of of imprisonment, uh, you know, without being found guilty. So really, what what it is is this veil uh, of this sort of veil of legality that um, allows a certain section of society uh, to switch off and 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 say, well, Julian Julian will get justice through the courts, um, you know, believing that the courts um, you know are just. So. The, this his persecution is, is behind this this veil of legality that um, sort of convinces a certain section of society that um, you know Julian will get his fair ship, his you know a fair trial, but really uh, it, it's not happening that way. No, it's it's actually quite shocking. Uh, it was so obvious that uh, the uh, information that was put to the court, because I have been following this in fair detail. The, the information that was taken to court uh, was not, their case was not a, an appropriate case. And the fact that Julian hasn't been allowed to actually read or see or confer with his uh, lawyers, it, it makes a mockery of the system that they are pretending is a legal process. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And people like back at home, Scott Morrison, said that they can't comment on things that are, you know, just, you know, the, the legal thing has to run its course, and you know uh, it's entirely a political case. Like espionage is a, uh, you know, it's a political charge. So, um, you know, it, it needs a political solution. Essentially, it needs for Scott Morrison to pick up the phone, or the Prime Minister, whether after the election, whether it's Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese, to pick up the phone and, and phone their counterpart in the USA, and, and um, you know, get. Bring Julian home. Basically, use our special, use Australia's special relationship uh, that they have uh, with the US to um, bring Julian home. It's fascinating too that, <coughs> excuse me, it's quite clear. Uh, you point out in the film that uh, Julian Assange actually um, uh, believes in the rule of law. And it's quite clear, and it's quite shocking to have it uh, exposed that our uh, economic and political overlords are actually a lawless bunch of thugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's a bit of a hot potato, but it is pretty uh, stark. I mean, it's very similar to the uh, way in Australia that uh, the refugees who arrive in boats are just summarily kept in jail for nine years for no reason at all. It's quite bizarre. Yeah, I you know, Julian created. That's part of the reason. Uh, you know, Julian created uh, WikiLeaks because of these power structures that uh, you know work in secret, work in secret, um, who do things in our name. And and you know, he saw uh, 
you know, using new technologies that he could, um, you know, create a sort of disruption to these to these power structures um, and sort of educate people to make better decisions about their society through, uh, you know, through, um, you know, leaks that were, you know, sort of crowdsourced in, in terms of their journalism. So uh, I hope this film sort of, you know, follows in that, you know, obviously it's not going to have the same impact that WikiLeaks did, but I, I hope it sort of follows in that in that tradition of, um, you know, exposing what the what the powerful get up to. Yeah, of course, because WikiLeaks still exists, of course. Um, so therefore, uh, it's uh, still possible for people to uh, get. Um, information about what's you know uh you know the, the good work that he was doing effectively yes all the the whole archive is still online um even all the all the all the um leaks that julian uh all the publishing that julian has been charged for at the moment which is the iraq war logs the uh, Afghan war diaries the cable the diplomatic cable sets and the Guantanamo Bay detainee files all, all of all of that information uh, still exists online uh, on the WikiLeaks website um, so it has not uh, hasn't been censored you know in the, in, a, in the sort of times now where where things are so eagerly um, yeah erased uh, WikiLeaks hasn't managed to keep keep everything uh, online and available for, you know, students, journalists, lawyers, uh, all to draw on uh, to make our societies better. Yeah, it, it's um, interesting in the film. You, it's a very delicate film because uh, the people that come to outside, uh, are very famous people, in fact, come uh, without any fanfare to show support, in a sense, on the street, um, which is quite telling. Yes, yeah, we have, um, you know, Vivian Westwood, Ai Weiwei, uh, Ai Weiwei came to the court, uh, John Pilger, so all the people who understand what's at stake in this case, um, uh, you know, what's, and, and, you know, what, what's at stake in Julian's persecution. And I, I think, you know, Ai Weiwei really sums it up. It's the fight. Um, it's the fight that gives the work meaning. You know, if Julian wasn't, uh, you know, if Julian's work didn't elicit this response from, you know, the most powerful nation on the world, you know, would it would it really would it really be important? Or would it would it have an impact? And I think, um, you know, it's the fight around that and around getting Julian out that really gives uh, all the work that has been done uh, meaning. Uh, I agree with Ai Weiwei on that one. Um, why did you? Where did you get the title Ithaca? Who who came up with it? Because it's, it's obviously a very held, uh, a fond held philosophical perspective, and also uh, your father is a very philosophical man. Yeah. So when John's on the road, when you know, when when things aren't going right, and and um, you know, all seems lost, he he listens. To there's a poem by Cavalfi, uh, you know Ithaca. It's called Ithaca. It's about um, obviously a home. Uh, you know the Odyssey. Uh, Ithaca is the home of a, uh, 
Is it a Dixie's? I think it is. Yeah, it's a Dixie's. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I just never no, real. I've never seen that written down. I, I know about it, but now that that you, it's brought up, so I mean, the, the definition, the meaning of life, or as he calls it, Ithaca. He notes that as we all try to achieve our goals, it is impa- important not to lose sight of the journey. Yes, that's right, and and that's um, you know, and I think you know, as you know, John is the sort of self-taught builder designer. You know, Stella is a, a, a lawyer, and and they've sort of been thrust on this, uh, you know, thrust onto the sort of global stage uh, in defending and advocating for Julian. And I think it's sort of a lesson for anyone else who wants to do some advocacy or a- activism that, you know, it's not about it's not about the destination. It's just about you know taking that first step, like launching yourself on that journey. Uh, and I think. You know, that's what we tried to say, you know, with the title. It's not, it's really about the journey and not the, the destination. I heard someone say, someone say, oh, is, is Australia Ithaca? You know, is Australia, um, is Australia Julian's Ithaca? Which I thought was a sort of nice interpretation as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, well, he might like um, Australia to stand up and fight back. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what are you hoping from the film? Well, we we are going. We're, you know, we'll go ahead with a theatrical release in Australia uh, on the twenty first of April, which will be in the lead up to the election. We've got quite a a large impact campaign planned. Um, so, you know, really sort of raise Julian's issue in 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 the lead up to the Australian election, um, and and hopefully. You know, make it, you know, force people to take a political position uh, one way or another uh, in in the lead up to the Australian election. Um, so that's the sort of, you know, that's our sort of plan is to sort of use it to to bring Julian home, really. Um, it, it's kind of interesting to me that um, in a lot of ways this story, like I was going back to when I was talking about that idea of uh, standing up for your child at school, uh, it really does tap straight into uh, the psychological uh, uh, underbelly of Australia or maybe even the convict past element of uh, never being a tall poppy, not putting your head above the parapet, uh, reading the wind, uh, who's got the power and when when is it important to uh, sit on your hands even though you know there's a, a um, unfairness afoot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sort of. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, I sort of do. I mean, you know, I think, you know, Julian is the ultimate underdog, though, right? And, and Australia's yeah. always loved an underdog story, too. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's elements of that. And, and also, I think, you know, I feel like we as Australians have this sort of, um, you know, that sort of disrespect for authority. <laughs> A little bit, you know, maybe it is the convict path, but, you know, we're sort of, uh, you know, very suspicious. Uh, I think we're very suspicious naturally around, you know, uh, you know, around authority, which is, um, I think, why we've sort of found 
you know, Australia is really the base for this film. You know, we, we've gotten a lot of support here and, and, and it wouldn't have been possible without um, people coming on board and, and, backing, and backing this project from Australia. It's very much an Australian film mm. in that way. And That's I don't think we could have made it. Yeah, I don't think we could have made it any other way. Uh, and, and, and that was very heartening to me that, you know, Australia uh, and the people here really, really support Julian's cause and and you know gave us gave us the sort of backing to make to make this project there's a really lot at stake i mean it's not just him that's at stake which is but is it, that's at the core of the film it's not to be forgotten uh but there's so many other things at stake over this uh issue yes yeah yeah it is um i mean you know freedom of the press is is a major major issue these days and this sort of espionage prosecution, uh, the extraterritorial nature of, um, you know, the, the espionage prosecution against Julian where, where the USA is able to reach in, reach in, literally reach in anywhere and take yeah. a journalist and a publisher and uh, prosecute them under, their, under, under US law. So, um, you know, what just is, I guess, insane. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and I think also it's you know very much uh, you know what we can expect as Australians if if, if we do get into trouble with you know one, our big ally uh, you know as Australian citizens we sort of don't expect any help if if you uh, become a target of uh, the USA is very much a clear message to to any Australian. But anyway, good work. You've done a great job. I'm really, um, I was really impressed with what you did. Um, I was really impressed with people being so close to the story and then coming up with a cogent uh, film. And then I found that you were, you're, you're responsible for uh, Emu Runner, right? Yes, I was part of the producing team on that one. Yeah. Yeah, which is a lovely film. And uh, yeah, 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 it's a very sweet film. And um, it. it I just thought the editing process it must have been a really fascinating affair. Yes, yeah, yeah it was. I mean, uh, we had Karen Johnson, who's a, uh, she's a, a fabulous um, documentary editor. Uh, very lucky to have her on board, and she was able to pull pull it, pull it all together because we just we had so much uh, observational footage um, that she had to sort of wade through and. And um, you know, pull pull a story out of basically. And she used those great interviews that Ben did with John. I think Ben did about thirteen hours of interview with John mm. uh, in the kitchen there. Um, yeah. And that sort of formed the backbone, really, uh, of the film. Um, so yeah, it was it was a long process. It was a bit probably over six months of editing. Yeah, yeah, and also the. Um expressiveness of Stella. What a, what a Stella person Stella is. Oh, she's amazing. She's so, she's incredible. Yeah, yeah. incredible she's person. She's just gotten, um, yeah, it's amazing to, to see her, you know, just become this awesome advocate for Julian. Um, yeah, it's a lovely put together. I mean, those interviews, uh, the environments that they're in, is really are really interesting, really well put, uh, very tasty for a, uh, in terms of storytelling. 
<laughs> I know, I know it's a bit rude because it, filmically it works. The film is really good. Yes. Film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I found it very, uh, it's, it's almost like being caught in an undertow, a very long um, uh, slow motion undertow, this film. Yeah, yeah, it is, you know, harrowing. Yeah, harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, thank you for giving me time. No worries. Thanks, Eddie. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.